yet. How do you feel about sharing the gospel? Awkward is the biggest one. I know I've definitely had some awkward moments sharing the gospel. Nervous, incompetent, opportunity, responsibility, excited, challenged, happy, frustrated at times. Ooh, and there's more appearing. Uh, not always easy, unsure, excited, but shy. Prohibited. Ooh, interesting. Good but hard to start. I think there's really quite a mix there. That's quite interesting. I think we're just about all back now. Brill, so today um, we are looking at ways to share the gospel. Um, we have um, recently, we've been doing um, a series on mission partners. And that's partly because we, as King's Church, we feel that we are called to be mission partners, um, partners in spreading the gospel. Um, so we are coming to an end of this series. So this is one of the last ones. Um, but we've also heard about things about our identity. We've looked deeper into what the gospel is. And today is a practical um, preach. Um, and so don't get too comfy in those chairs, because as you've already seen um, by my Slido, I will be requiring you to do some of the work this morning. So I was listening um, to the Lectio app this week. A lot of us are aware of that, because um, in our Connect groups, um, we, we've done the, the Lectio course. Um, if you don't know what the Lectio app is, it's just an app which reads to you parts of the Bible and gets you to pray with it. Um, and the speaker at the moment is on a pilgrimage following in the footsteps of St. Aidan, um, who's a 7th century Celtic saint who did a pilgrimage. And he said, where Aidan viewed every person he met as an invitation, I can often view others as interruptions or even irrelevances to my life. And where Aidan was perfectly prepared to challenge and provoke, I tend to keep things shallow, terrif uh, terrified of causing offence. I wonder how many people that rings true for. I think perhaps a couple of you, after hearing your responses um, to the first question, might be able to identify with some of that. It is really hard um, to share the gospel when you're not used to it. It can be a challenge. And that, seeing every person as an invitation, that is an amazing challenge um, to kick today off with. So we're going to turn to uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 8 to 17. Um, if you have a Bible, feel free to turn there. But if you don't, I believe it might appear on the screen. Because I got organized and uh, forced my husband to uh, put some things on the screen for me this week. <laughs> Um, so it says, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit, inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you 
if you are eager to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who may who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So Kofo last week spoke um, on the fact that everything is mission. Um, I'm assured of this because I was with the kids last week. Um, but our whole lives should be about mis- mission. And this passage is about our whole lives bringing glory to God. But included within that, Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. We need to always be prepared to be able to, to spread and to speak the gospel. So let's thinking, start thinking about how we can share the gospel this is where I've got another Slido. So phones out at the ready. And I think we changed the question slightly. In what ways do you personally share the gospel? How do you share the gospel? Or how can we share the gospel? I'll give you a few moments to do that. interesting everyone's chosen to be anonymous this morning um i think we're best out to read some of them i think yep they're disappearing talk with friends lifestyle bringing unbelievers to church being a witness challenge others through testimony of god's goodness in my life my story if the opportunity arises uh, talking about my experiences of faith in jesus having coffee chats with people about the bible and christianity Uh, Through my behavior, bringing up my beliefs and theology during conversations with friends, Uh, lifestyle, Uh, let people know that I'm a Christian and live like Jesus. Those are all fantastic ways of sharing the gospel, meeting needs. And it's great to see that we have got so many ideas of how we can share the gospel. It is really encouraging um, to know that there are so many ideas uh, within our community. Tea. Excellent. A cup of tea. I'm not quite into tea myself, but I'm sure many of you are. Brill. So when it comes to um, sharing the gospel, I think it's safe to say there is no one size fits all. Um, Some of us have been around long enough, or maybe you've been to different churches, where we've tried out various different methods of, you know, here's the three steps of how you do it, of how to share the gospel. Um, But I think, in truth, um, we're all very different people, and we all hear and understand things and learn about things in different ways. What touches your heart might not be 
uh, the same as what touches the heart of the person who lives next door to you. Um, for people in education, maybe you've considered learning styles. Um, this is the way in which you learn best. Some of you might know which learning style you prefer. Some of you could be completely news to you. Um, but their aim is this. So there's four learning styles. You can see behind me on a nice visual. Um, they are visual, auditory, read and write, and kinesthetic. Um, there are some arguments that there's more than that. But for today's purposes, we'll stick with the four. Um, and the aim is this. If, we want, if I wanted to teach you a recipe, um, how would you learn that to do that best? Um, would you prefer to watch somebody else make it? Would you prefer to listen to the instructions? Would you prefer to write down the instructions yourself? Or would you prefer to um, actually do it yourself? You know, make the cake. So there are the four learning styles. Now, Fusion um, are a movement who work with students and young adults. So they work to empower them. And they've come up with four mission styles. I can see some people smiling. Have you heard of them before? Excellent. And these are by no way the perfect ways of telling the gospel, but they're a really great starting point to get us thinking about different ways that we can share the gospel. Um, and I'm sure some of the points that we came up with earlier will be included in these ways of telling um, the gospel. Um, they're almost written like personality types. And the aim with them um, is that your mission style is the style that you would naturally like to hear the gospel yourself. And so therefore, because that's how you would like to hear it, that's probably how you would naturally tell it. Hopefully, as I go through the four different ones, you'll kind of get the idea. So, firstly, we've got convince me. Convince me people know what they think and why they think it. They're not afraid to analyze and critique. In fact, they love that kind of thing because they want to see the logical foundation for beliefs and claims. Um, objectively, objectivity is the convince me person's best friend. No one can brag around them because they want to know the facts and evidence behind the claims. When it comes to faith, convince me people are looking for things to make sense. They want to know that Jesus is real and Christianity is true. They may need to do lots of reading, thinking, analyzing, and to get there and to find their hearts open to meeting Jesus today. If you want to see convince me person thrive, stay, steer clear of feelings-based learning, but give them theories, reading, lectures, and allergies, and space for them to think for themselves. Um, we can find an example of that kind of person in the scriptures um, where Thomas reacts to hearing how Jesus rose from the dead. Um, in John 20, verse 24 to 31, I'm just going to read a few um, sentences so don't feel like you have to turn to it. He says, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And then a week later, Jesus says to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hands and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. So that is convince me. Does anyone want to be brave, maybe and hover a hand and say, yeah, that sounds a little bit like how I would like to hear the gospel. 
<laughs> a couple of hands straight in the air there. So then we've got talk with me. Talk with me people are interested in what you think and why you think it. They're relational people. You spot them um, out for a meal with friends, asking questions, um, taking everything in, listening and learning from those around them. It's partly because talk with me people find connecting with people on a deep level satisfying. But because this is also how they learn, they enjoy listening, processing and reflecting and they come up with their best ideas after they've heard everyone else's. When it comes to faith, they want to know that it's personal. They'll find more of God through other people's lives, an honest experience, because they're looking to know that Jesus cares and that he, he is with them. If you want to see a talk with me person thrive, don't make them lead on the spot or focus too much on deadlines, but ask helpful processing questions and give them space to brainstorm and reflect or journal. Um, this is similar, the biblical example for this one, um, is the story of Jesus' interaction with his two f followers on the road to, I always say it wrong, Emmaus. Um, the followers think that Jesus is dead. Um, and Jesus responds by asking great questions. He listens, he gives them space to process their feelings and thoughts, and then he explains what God is doing, referencing the Old Testament, which they would have been um, aware of. And st he gives them stories, um, sorry, the Old Testament stories would be f what they would be familiar with. They eat together, they pray together. It's very much based around friendship and conversation. And in this process, their eyes are open to recognize that Jesus is actually alive. Um, and if you want to find that later, it's in Luke 24. So that one is the talk with me. Is there anyone who thinks perhaps, you know, I'm quite a relational person, so I think I would fall into talk with me? I've got one. Not quite as confident for talk with me. So then we've got show me. Um, show me people recognize what needs to happen, how to do it, and they actually do it. They're practical, they're down to earth, and they like to get on with things. They act quickly and confidently on ideas that attract them. They enjoy being hands-on, solving problems, following ideas. Um, they're always looking for a more efficient way of doing things. They're happy to do whatever required to do the job, and they appreciate a good strategy. When it comes to faith, they want to know if it works. They'll grow more open to faith, seeing clearly the difference in people's lives and without Jesus, and because they want to know that Jesus makes a practical difference. If you want to see a show-me person thrive, um, avoid lengthy conversations and vague guidelines, but provide clarity and feedback and give space for trial and error processes. Um, the example in the Bible here, um, in John 6, is the feeding of the 5,000. And we all know this story well. Um, all the people gathered to listen to Jesus disciples come to him and say, oh, the people are hungry now. But Jesus wants the disciples um, to help be part of the solution. And the only food they can find um, comes from a small boy's packed lunch, which Jesus prays over and it's multiplied. The thousands are fed until satisfied. And God, as the provider and sustainer for humanity, has made himself real in a very practical and obvious way. That's the show me. Does anyone think that's kind of how they might um, be prepared to spread the gospel. Oh, I can see a, one person looking eager for that one. 
obviously it's not about putting yourself in a box, but I think these are kind of helpful to look at different ways that you can share the gospel and that also people are open to hearing it through. So the final one um, that Fusion give us is let me experience. Um, let me experience people want to have the most fun possible. Um, they involve themselves fully in the here and now. Um, if anyone's going to experience fear of missing out, it's these guys. They're keen to um, explore and experiment. They put ideas into action. They're willing to take risks and they act on instincts. They may look, uh, look back and say, oops, but they'll always be glad and give it a go. That's how they learn. Um, when it comes to faith, um, they want to know that it's truly life-changing. They will find more of God as they give it a go, trying out church or doing what Jesus did because they're looking to know that following Jesus is an adventure. If you want to see a let me experience person thrive, don't give them a length, uh, lengthy ex explanations, precise instructions or lots of reading. Give them the opportunity to be part of a team, experience new things or lead and mobilize. Um, in Luke 10, verse 1 to 9, um, it says... After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. and Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will not it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. And it goes on. I think many of us are familiar with that passage as well. So that one, the final one, is the let me experience. Does anyone brave enough to say, yeah, actually that sounds a bit like me? Oh, yeah, one at the back. Um, so it's really interesting to think about these four um, different ways of sharing the gospel. I mean, obviously, we all, because we're all very different people, we might find that, you know, we overlap the different boxes. And because these are stereotypes, they may miss out other kinds of uh, personality traits that you might have as well. But it is interesting to kind of to think and reflect on those four different ideas. Um, if you're really interested in looking at that further, there's a quiz you can take online which will actually tell you, uh, based on stereotypes, um, which um, mission style you fall under. Um, so I can send you the link if you are really interested. Um, we are about to spend time discussing, but I've just got uh, just a couple more points for us to consider before we do that. So it's like a page left, so we are nearly there. So, Romans 10 verse 9 to 15. If you want to turn there, please feel free. So it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him, from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified, and it's your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 
As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can we call on the one they have not believed in? And how can you believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet for those who bring good news. Whilst we can share the hope of God in many different ways, while we can show people God's power, for them to really, really know the truth, at some point, we have to actually tell them the gospel. We've got to explain that Jesus is our saviour, He's the one who died and rose again, that he did it for you personally. And unless this is part of our mission, no amount of being nice or any of the other things that were included in those four mission styles um, is going to be enough. Because it's the truth that really sets people free. And don't get me wrong, obviously those things are a great part of it. And it could be a really important moment in someone's story where they you know, they experience something powerful or, you know, they have this real act of kindness that they get to experience. But the real important thing is to hear who Jesus really is. So there's a study that was done in 2022. I think some of us will be familiar with it, it um, the Talking Jesus um, research. And they found that 53% of non-Christians Um, No, a practicing Christian. But let's switch that. 47% of people don't know a practicing Christian. It's easy to assume that everyone you know will know another Christian or everyone that you come across knows a Christian. But if you're meeting someone and presenting Jesus to them, you could be the first person who's really done that. And I think that's really important, especially when we're thinking about, well, do I really need to be the one who tells them that Jesus is Lord and Savior in that way? In that way. Finally, near the beginning, um, I pointed out that everyone is different. So to really highlight that, I want to draw you to another part of the research that shows us how people come to follow Jesus for themselves. I'm not really sure of how much you can actually see there, because there's quite a lot of different ways. But if you were to zoom in, you'd see right at the very top, 34% um, we have growing up in a Christian family. So the most common way for becoming a Christian is growing up in a Christian family. That is the highest percentage. That's why when we do things as a church family, we really value that. We really value being a family. We value the times that we go to the park together. We value the times where we've got our kids here joining in with worship through drawing, through instruments. We value being a family. So I don't want to read them all to you, but after growing up in a Christian family, we've got reading the Bible, attending a physical church service, Sunday school, spiritual experience, conversations with Christians you know well, and then we're now on 12%, a particular life event, whether positive or negative, Responding to the gospel at a Christian service, attending a Christian uh, a church school, uh, praying in an open church building, youth club, uh, Christian printed media, etc., etc. 
So there are so many different ways to meet Jesus. And as we who meet the people who need to know him, as we who are out on the mission field, we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit of how he wants us to reveal himself to those people around us. So I've said a lot of things, I've had a lot of theory, but the most important part of this now is for you to actually discuss it. So we're going to break up into small groups, and I've got a couple of questions. I think there were probably more questions uh, than I thought to start with, so if you don't quite get through them all, that's okay. Um, But I want to know, in a brief sentence statement, tell your group how you came to follow Jesus for yourself. So it doesn't need to be a lengthy story, but, you know, what would you, if you were on that chart, that, that bar graph, well, what would, which box would you put yourself under? What would, what, would it have, what would have been that thing that brought you to Jesus? And then what, you th- what do you think your go-to mission style is? Now, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to pick one of the four that I talked about. Be inspired by them, but don't be limited by them. Um, it's just to show you different ways of how people work and think. What would your top tip for sharing Jesus be for somebody like you? Some of us do know and are very assured of who we are, so we'll know very clearly what will be the best thing if you came across someone like me of how to share the gospel with me. Um, How can you use other people in your community of different mission styles to help reach your friends? How can you mix your church community with your non-church? So we'll see. I think we'll spend probably about 10 minutes uh, discussing and we'll just see how far we get. Well, so yeah, just around groups of maybe uh, four to six, something like that, to have some decent conversations with those around you. 